And welcome to another episode of What's That You Say? It's a diatribe time. One of the aliens goes on a soapbox this time. Well, again, this this alien's very frustrated about the history of America. Enjoy. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the show. Um, today we're going to read you something interesting. It's called The Indians of the Puget Sound. It's about Indians in the Puget Sound. It says it was published in September of 1930 by Herman Haberlin and Erna Gunther. It sounds like German people from somewhere in Germany. This is through the Department of Anthropology from the uh, Washington, uh, University of Washington, rather. Let's start to the, uh, let's start with the preface. Okay, it says this paper was originally printed in the Zeitschrift für Ethnology. That sounds German, again. Um, says so that it was published information, blah, blah, blah. Okay, um, signed July 5th, 1930. Here's the contents. It describes the tribes, location, characteristics, intertribal relations, the village, the winter houses, the summer homes, the preparation of food, fire making, hunting, fishing, money and money values, values and measurements, weaving, cedar bark shredding, mats, basketry, skin work, tools, woodwork, dress, personal care, sweat lodges, birth customs, puberty ceremonies. <laughs> Names, instructions of children, menstrual customs, marriage, burial, and mourning customs, uh, social grouping, kinship terms, slavery, government, group gathering, diversion, smoking, the guardian spirit, skeletoot spirits, shamanism, dreams, ghosts, and souls. Um... Okay, first of all, I don't know what it is up with, um, like, European descendants that they they feel the need to, like, watch other people, like, that closely to where we're, like, talking about, like, what did they call it, puberty ceremonies and, uh, uh, menstrual customs. Let me tell you what the custom is for every human in the world. You get your period. That's about it. It stops and it starts. You need, like, something to catch the blood. Otherwise, your pants will get ruined. That's literally all it is. So, there's literally nothing that needs to be, like, watched. Like, in other cultures. Like, who the hell cares what other cultures do when someone gets their period? Like, that literally affects you none. Literally. Like, literally. Out of anything in the world, that affects people the least. 
and not, I mean, maybe there's, like, less impactful things, but that is dumb, okay, fire making, do you, you guys really had to sit in a bush and watch the, like, Indians, like, in the P- Puget Sound, like, make fire, like, you guys know how to make fire, they make fire the way you make fire, fire's fire, it can only be started in one of, like, Maybe three ways. Okay? Fuck. Now. Birth customs. Another thing. Who the F cares? The baby comes out or it doesn't. People live or they die. Life goes on. Who cares if they hang something in the room during that? Who cares? Okay, like, you know how, like, you go and then you read some, like, stupid magazine, like, these days that's about, like, birthing? And it's like, oh, you need to bring an iPod with your favorite music. That, that could be considered a birth custom. Is that interesting to anyone else but you? No. No. I don't care if you listen to Akon. I don't care if you listen to Britney Spears or Taylor Swift. I don't care if you listen to Macklemore. I don't care. Eminem even. If I was a human being and I had birth the way you guys do, I'd probably throw on some Eminem because I can see myself being pissed. The point is, is these... Mother effers should have got a life. Okay? Smoking. There's like a whole section on smoking. Like, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Pretty simple. Let's start with the inst- in- uh, actually, no, let's not. Let's do, um... Alright, let's start with the, let's start with the, uh, introduction. The tribes which are the most fully described in these notes are the Snohomish, the Snoqualmie, and that's spelled S-N-U-Q-U-A-L-M-I, so different from how it's spelled today, and the Nisqually. There's, there is some information about the Skykomish and Skagit, while casual references are made to many other Puget Sound groups. The three principal groups involved speak dialects of Coast Salish that are very nearly alike. The Snohomish and Snoqualmie now reside on the Tulalip Reservation in Washington, where Dr. Haberlin did the larger part of his work. What work? What did Dr. Haberlin do? Um, there is also quite a number of Snoqualmie in the neighborhood of Tolt, which was the center of their old territory, and another scattering is on the Mukilteo Reservation, South Seattle. The situation that existed in Aboriginal conditions is in regard to residents still holds namely that the tribal exogamy and patriarchal residence there is considerable 
heterogeneity in every community. I couldn't tell you what the, what the last sentence, possibly, what they meant by that. I, I'm not sure. Says that the, um, the location, the Snohomish lived in four principal villages. Now, they say four principal villages, but that's saying that there's four principal villages, meaning there's a shit ton more. Um, I can't pronounce it. It looks like Hibbulb is on the shores of the sound four miles south of Tulalip. So that would be like... Oh my gosh, I don't, I don't really know exactly what exactly four miles is. I mean, I know what it is, but like, what that would be exactly. I don't want to give it to you. Look, look it up on a map, I suppose, or, or drive it. Um, that's the largest village. It's, uh, Hellbub. Um, no, sorry, no, that, Hellbub is not the largest. Um, Lacris is the largest village at Priest Point. Then there's Negasix on the southern point of Woodby Island. And Tzekiklis at Sandy Point, opposite to Layla. Um, says that the Snohomish claim that the Hebelub is their original home. Uh, because the Transformer Doki Bell put them there when he came to Mukilteo. Um, okay. Says that there's a lot of evidence of uh, civilizations um, in Snohomish, primarily uh, at the Evie Slough on the westernmost branch of the Snohomish River. Um, says on the right bank of the stream is a shell heap six feet high and one quarter mile long. No efforts have been made to excavate it. Okay, so shell heap. Don't know what that is. Let's figure that one out. We'll take a break. Okay, so a shell heap is um, essentially what it sounds like. It's a heap of shells. For once. For once, they use a term. That is literally what it says. That's great. You guys, the government should do that more often, because I feel stupid having to have looked that up, because I thought that shell heap meant something completely different, because that's usually what happens when you guys say stuff I don't know. But it turns out it is just a bunch of shells, which uh, anthropologists and archaeologists have assumed or hypothesize our dumping sites for communities way back when. That's plausible. I mean, it's not, it's plausible, but it, I mean, unless there's other stuff in that heaping pile too, other than mollusk shells, I'm not sure that 
that's exactly indicative of a village. Like, if there was, like, poop and, like, berry seeds and, like, clay pots that broke and stuff like that, then, yeah, I'd go with that. But just a heaping pile of shells, like, I mean, like, I've eaten a shit ton of clams in my day. I love them. I'm an alien. I'm not allergic to them. It's like the only food I'm not allergic to. I leave a pile of clams. There's shells somewhere, but that doesn't mean that I live there. I just put that clamshell there. I put that basket of clamshells there. And then I went home. My home was, like, way far away in space. So, I don't know. It's really hard to speculate about the past, considering no no one who... Like, people who are speculating about the past weren't there. So, it's, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's really easy for me as an alien and for you as people to just sit there and be like, oh, I think this happened. I think this definitely happened back then. Like, yeah, I mean, sure, that's, like, possible. And I think talking it out and theorizing isn't a bad thing. I think what's a bad thing is when, like, the government decides to side with one certain theory and then it's, like, everyone thinks that that hypothesis is an actual, like, accepted truth, when that's not the case. It's still a hypothesis. Everything about history is a hypothesis because no one can prove it. Yeah, some historian or be like, oh, I found this, like, crazy book with some, like, ru- ruin ruins written in it and some codex and, like... I'm pretty sure this is what it's... Like, yeah, yeah. I can go make a book that looks like it was made in, like, the year 1500. And carbon dating, like, I think that's bullshit, to be honest. I really do. I really do. I really do think it's it's fucking bullshit. So, since we're on that topic, let's fucking talk about that. We'll be right back. Alright, welcome back to the show. Anyway, back to what I was saying about carbon dating. Let's look at a definition. Um, it's a noun. Says the determination of the age or date of organic matter from the relative proportions of the carbon isotopes, carbon-12 and carbon-14, that it contains. The ratio between them changes as radioactive carbon-14 decays is not replaced by the exchange with the atmosphere. That doesn't make any sense to me, and I guarantee you it doesn't actually make sense to anyone, and I guarantee you that it's fake. I can guarantee you that. You want to know why? Because I just know. <laughs> That's not really helpful for you. I know there's scientists going to be like, it's a fucking thing. It's not. Okay, let's really focus on this, okay? We're going to talk about what carbon-12 is. 
We're going to look up every single word that they've used, and we're going to debunk this bunker. I'm an alien, so I can say what I want. Fuck the FCC. Carbon-12 is the most common natural carbon isotopes of mass-12. It is the basis for the accepted scale of atomic mass units. Once again, that definition leads us nowhere. Now let's look up carbon-14. Carbon-14 is a long-lived, naturally-occurring radioactive carbon isotopes of mass-14. I'm going to say something now. There is very little radioactive anything that's naturally occurring on Earth. Uranium, I believe, is the only, only naturally occurring radioactive isotopes. Other that, a banana. A banana is as well. Okay? What is that smell? What is she doing? Is that a fart? Did she fart? Yeah, it's like weird, musty dog smell. We adopted a human dog. I mean, not a human dog, but the thing that you humans call pets. An Orbis dog. An Orbis. Yeah, we have a got a we got a cute new dog, and she may have tooted. An Orbog. An Orbog. Um. Anyway, okay, so we've got bananas and uranium. Okay, so that are like. Only the naturally occurring stuff. Plutonium's not naturally occurring. It's it's basically like a creepy hybrid, like the banana of uranium. Okay, they just like were assholes and decided to make something that was deadly even more deadly. Like, that's like being like, mmm, cyanide just doesn't cut it for me. I think I'm going to make extra cyanide. Cyanide that kills better. It's cyanide. It kills you. That's the end of the story. How dumb are you people? Now we have elements that don't exist. One of them is called Californicum after the state of California. Another one is called Americum. No joke. Look it up. It's on the table. It's on the, um, element, periodic elements, whatever table that thingy is that you humans use. I don't know why you guys can't remember it. Or why you even have to remember it. Why don't you guys just stop dicking around with Earth? And just let the isotopes and the, like, ions and whatever, just be. Let it be. Just let it be. 
Let it be. The Beatles were onto something when they said let it be. They're probably telling the government to fuck off. In a really melodic way. We'll be right back. As always, good morning. America, good night, America, and good luck, America.